You see, when you see a holiday on the calendar, you got to plan. You got to plan ahead. And when you see St. Patrick's Day on the calendar, not only do you have to plan ahead what your Irish whiskey is, not only do you have to plan ahead what your cigar is, you have to do your special stretches, Fingers Malloy. You have to be in peak drinking condition for St. Patrick's Day because as you often tell us, green beer is the only beer. I don't remember ever saying that. Fingers Malloy is often quoted as saying, if it's not green beer, throw that crap out. Am I I right? I I don't think I've ever said that once. Fingers Malloy, have you or have you not been quoted multiple times as saying, if it's green, it's for mean. Okay, I have said that. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com, and the podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. I know we're early for St. Patrick's Day, but we wanted everybody to get ready for St. Patrick's Day, so we figured we'd come a week early to allow you time to prepare. And when it's St. Patrick's Day, you go for the Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan Shamrock. This cigar right here is a 6 by 50 Toro, which means it's six inches long. T-E. Always makes fingers when I laugh. And the ring gauge is a 50. That's the diameter of the cigar or how thick it is around. T-E. Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. Now, this is a yearly cigar, an annual cigar from the people at Alec Bradley. Just like, for example, the Las Calaveras is for crowned heads. It's something they put out every year. They come out usually with the Filthy Hooligan, which is a standard barber pole cigar, which means it's two types of wrappers that are wound around, a Candela and a Habano. The Candela is green, thus the St. Patrick's Day. And the Habano, that's the more standard brown that you're used to seeing, a little bit more to the pale, really depending on that that shade of Habano. With this version, which is the Filthy Hooligan Shamrock, they add a third wrap which is a Habano Maduro. So you're really getting this uniqueness of the the sweeter side of that Candela, the spicier side of that Habano, and then a little more intense spicy richness in that Maduro, and the cigar actually changes as you smoke. We have just lit this up, Fingers Malloy. Uh, We happen to have smoked a fair amount of the 2022 Shamrock Filthy Hooligan. We were uh, on location uh, for a couple days last week. This is the 2023 version. Where are you with it? Well, first of all, it's really cool to look at. Isn't yeah, it's it? a beaut. Uh, you know, 6x50. Uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't have a wiffle ball bat feeling to it. There's a little bit of heft to it. Uh, feels very good in the hand. We lit it right off the bat, and you get that that pepper and spice uh, that you would expect from, from this combination. I'm not getting any sweetness yet. I'm also pairing it with a very strong coffee, which may have an influence on my palate as well. Are you, are you tired? <laughs> Maybe a little. Do you find yourself in need of rejuvenation? As a matter of fact, yes, I could use some rejuvenation. So this is a Candela Habana Maduro in the wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra in the binder. The filler is both Honduran and Panamanian. And this is a very easy medium smoke. There is nothing about this that is going to overwhelm. We actually shared this cigar with a lot of first-time cigar smokers because it's what we had on us. Uh, and it's, it's just, a, I think, a pretty easy cigar to do. Is this the kind of cigar 
that, my God, you got to have 100 of them in your humidor. No. Is this something fun for this holiday? Yes. That it comes out once a year and you're like, you know what? That's enjoyable and it fits. Absolutely. Is it a shtick? No. It's actually a a fine, easygoing smoke. Really cool band with the shamrocks all over it, saying filthy hooligan on it. It just screams St. Patrick's Day. And uh, do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day, Tony? Well, as you know, uh, growing up Jewish as I did and still Jewish to this day, my people are known for their St. Patrick's Day celebrations. We, 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 of course, eat corned beef and cabbage and then say, you know what? That's enough. And then, and then we take a nap. Well, that, you, that, that is how my people celebrate. You grew up on the East Coast, and I know that they have plenty of great parades on St. Patrick's Day on the East Coast. I don't, I don't imagine you ventured up to, to New York City or Boston for a St. Patrick's Day parade. No, no, no. Um, I, I, didn't, I never did a full Dropkick Murphys. We're heading up to Boston <laughs> uh, before. Uh, but it, I, I never really celebrated it. Just you know, it, 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 it's a holiday of drinking, right? And, and and I don't even think that's why it's the holiday, but that's what people do on it. Me, I'm a sipper. I've never been a big drinker, so it was never like, hey, this is custom built for Tony Katz. Well, as you know, I mean, this year St. Patrick's Day is on Friday, I believe. So uh, in Central Indiana here, I know there will probably be several bars that will have tents outside of the bar and they'll start drinking at 10 a.m. So I'm assuming I will see you in one of those tents at 10 a.m. When they say they, you mean you? No. You're not going to be celebrating at 10 a.m.? No. Those, Your fine Irish heritage, Fingers Malone? Those days are over. I did plenty of celebrating in, in my 20s at 10 a.m. on St. Patrick's Day in my early 20s. You're not telling me that Mother Malloy would wake you up and say, son, son, fingers my boy. It's it's St. Patrick's Day. Come, she she would wake grab my shillelagh and yes. let's go. That's exactly how it went. She woke me up by hitting me over the head with a four pound corned beef brisket. That's what she did every St. Patrick's Day. It was tradition in the Malloy family. No, I I am not. <laughs> you had to say no. Like, <laughs> you had to set that. Hey, I was just kidding about that part. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm not looking forward, to, uh, or I will not be celebrating in a tent somewhere. God bless the people that do. I mean, it, it's just oh, not my thing anymore. It, when you say that, you sound defeated. Like, I fought the battle. Yeah. It, I lost the battle. But damn it, I tried. Father Time won that battle. Is that as, right? As he usually does uh, with most battles. He won that battle. So you're not going to get there at 10 a.m., but 1.30? <laughs> no. No, it's not happening. 315? I, I, I may have another filthy hooligan on St. Patrick's Day with a, uh, a, a stout of some yeah. sort. You, you know that you and I are stout people, are porter people. Mm-hmm. The darker, the richer beer, the better. This filthy hooligan shamrock is a really nice, easy smoke. Uh, it's got a touch of oil to it on, on the wrapper. The, the artistry of it is just great. It isn't smooth. You can see certainly pieces of the leaf here and there, as you could well understand, considering you're dealing with three uh, different wrappers there. The question, Fingers Malloy, is, is this in your humidor? Mm-hmm. And this is a cigar that goes for, depending on where you are, about $12 a stick. I have two on hand one pre-St. Patrick's Day stick and, and one the day of if I'm doing any kind of celebrating. Will I buy a box of them? Probably not. 
so I uh, purchased quite a few boxes because I knew we were going to go to an event and I wanted to have some cigars to give. I bought a box of these because I, I wanted to try them. The truth is I like it. Yeah. I think that this is a very easy smoke that can work for a lot of crowds. And considering it comes out once a year for that fun, I say yes. I buy a box. You, you, if you're having any kind of St. Patrick's Day activities, a couple people are having a cigar, and then they're there in your humidor for when you need something simple and basic. But really an easy smoke and solid construction and 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 a nice a nice little touch from Alec Bradley, the Shamrock Filthy Hooligan. So a funny thing happened as Fingers Malloy and I were on location. You guys know that in addition to eat, drink, smoke, we do, we do other things and other radio work. Fingers Malloy has a show in Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan. I have radio shows here in Indianapolis and then are heard across the country. Uh, and Eat, Drink, Smoke was an escape from the insanity that is politics because it's completely and totally insane. And who could be around that stuff all day? Right. Correct. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. So we're, we're, we're at this kind of resort-like area, I think is, is the best way to describe it. And we went to a local restaurant. We're going to have a drink and we're going to have, uh, I think they serve barbecue and, and I, I just wanted a burger. So Okay. So we eat, and it's fine, and it's good, and, and, and no problem. Super easy, super terrific. And then the check comes. And the check has a built-in 15% gratuity. Now, both Fingers Malloy and I tip more than 15%. We have both been in the service industry. We, we both believe that you should do what you can to take care of people. If the service is really bad, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving any more than 15%. If I have to then complain to somebody, it's a whole different thing. I, had, I have not openly complained in forever. My complaint comes in the, I don't go. Now, I think that's actually the wrong way to go about it. I think you should let people know what's going on. But since letting people know your displeasure has turned into the Karen moment, <laughs> they have eliminated my ability to share with them why something didn't work. And that's on them. Yeah. They should be wanting to hear from people just so they get an idea of what's going on. And if they can notice a trend line, they can make something better, make a change to the restaurant, make a change in their training, work with somebody. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want the response, but that's true. So this place, and it turns out wasn't the only place, built in 15%. And so we figure they lost an absolute crap ton of tips because of this. Is this a standard or is this just because it was a resorty area? Well, this trend started, I believe, during COVID. And you, you, I, I was looking back at some stories regarding this area where we went. Uh, and there were stories criticizing this policy back in, in 2021. Uh, here's the thing that I noticed that really disturbed me about it. Was I went to a different place uh, with someone else in that area. I had lunch. And the place was dead, had lunch, thought about getting a beer. They, the, the service was terrible, and they could not have gotten us out of there quick enough. It was just a situation where I thought to myself, my, my goodness, is my hair on fire or something that they want me out? 
as fast as as they're they're, they're pushing me out, and then I like, look. Well, like, what does pushing you out mean? How were they standing by your table? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Yes. Are you ready to go? Yes, clearing, trying to clear plates with food still on it and not the fork turned upside down. Uh, engaged in conversation, not offering to refill any drinks. Any, and and we had only been there for a half an hour. It wasn't like we were there for two hours. I looked at the bill, and that's when I noticed that they had this 15% automatic gratuity on there. And I thought to myself, well, my goodness, are, are they just trying to get as many people in and out as possible? I, I don't know. It didn't make any sense because there weren't very many people in this restaurant. But it didn't, because that 15% tip was, was built into the bill, it didn't feel like they really cared about the service they were providing. Because the tip was built in. Yes. 100% accurate. 100% accurate. When you disincentivize by creating these kinds of situations, what you're telling us, the consumer, is, is that no work is needed or necessary. No one has to try. You are not a guest. You are a, a moment. And the moment needs to be turned quickly to get on to the next moment. No experience is actually required. Well, my question to you is, this is a touristy area. Do you think restaurants should have that posted before you go in that a 15% gratuity will be added to all bills? Yes. I, I think it should be a large sign. I am more and more in favor of signs. I'll give you a sign that I'm in favor of because there are so many people now trying to do this because, and this is a political thing, because of the geopolitics, there should be signs about what items are made in China. Mm. And you, you think that's you know me about to get into some kind of screed. No, it's that so many people. There was a weird poll from Trafalgar Group that said like 67% of Americans want the Biden administration to be tougher on China. And it was like like 70 some odd percent of Republicans and 40% of Democrats and 54% of independents. And I said, first, um, this is kind of fascinating. And then I said, second, what in the world does tougher mean? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to say that you have to deal with it, this this regime and and how they act and remember there's a so much stealing of intellectual property of uh, there's so much theft of of product it's really frightening never mind the abuses of the Uyghur Muslims the abuses of others that we saw the abuse of the Hong Kongers it it, it is horrific what's going on but when I hear people talk about wanting to get tougher. Can we all take a breath and ask ourselves what in the world that actually means? I, yeah, I don't know what that means, but I can, I think I can confidently say that corporate America has already decided they're getting tougher with China. You're seeing them move to divest themselves from China. And particularly, we just did a story what, about a month ago where Apple was looking at ways to get out of China as quickly as possible, even moving some of their uh, iPhone production to India. So we're seeing it from corporate America. If that's what they meant by tougher... I'm all in. I'm all in by 100 billion percent because I think the way to handle China at the first is through a financial, right? I, that, that, I think that people, if they, if you take time, take a breath, think about it, that's the first way to do things. That's the way Americans do things, and, and it's smart, and, and dollars change people's behavior uh, really quick, and the harder it is for that government to be able to service their people, 
the people then say, hey, this isn't working. This system that you said was going to be great for everybody isn't really working. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I the whole conversation, this whole thing comes from, I don't even know how I got into the China conversation, was about disincentivizing people. Um, you can't do that. Oh, it was about the signs. You got to put the signs up. So I want signs up that say China. But it goes back to the idea that, yes, you got to put a sign up so I know what to expect. Yes. Because it might change where I go. Well, and I'll tell you another reason why. We were in an area where prices are rather inflated to begin with. So I looked at the bill just thinking, well, everything is more expensive here, not knowing that the tip was already folded into the bill. So I'm tipping at the beginning of the trip 20% on top of the 15% that's already been added to the bill. So if I would have seen a sign, wouldn't and have done that. And that's what they rely on, right? Yes. They rely on people just doing it and moving on with their day and not thinking about it. And that's it. And then they get home. They're like, oh, are you kidding? Yeah, uh, there should be signs. There should 150% be signs. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. And don't forget our book, Let's Go Bourbon. Available at Amazon.com and Let's Go Barbecue will be available for sale very, very soon. I've been thinking about retiring. Oh? As I see it, Fingers Malloy, um, you can take care of me. I can take care of you? Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that is Fingers Malloy. You want my uh, Tony Katz retirement plan if I'm taking care of you? Yes. Lots of White Castle. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that good. Who knew? Uh, they've got a, a, a story here, a, a list over there from Yahoo Finance. It's the finance buzz, fingers boy. Well, Yahoo, first of all, is where I get all my finance news, just so I can yell Yahoo after I'm done. Ten useless rules you must break if you want to retire early. Now, we should be clear about something. Not everybody wants to retire early. Some people love the work. Oh, I thought you were going to say, we do not hand out financial advice. Oh, also, we do not hand out financial advice. You, you, in, in no way, shape, or form do you want to take financial advice from the firm of Malloy and Katz. <laughs> you, you, no, no, bad, bad you, bad you. Go seek a professional, won't you? All my money's buried in a coffee can in the backyard. Yeah, that's what I like about you. You know what I invested in? Plastics. Oh, nice. Saw a movie once, and I'm like, ha-cha-cha. That's the way to go it's right the there. the future. So here is the useless rules, and I must admit, the first one is so dead on, I'm super impressed. First useless rule, choose a career that allows you to follow your passion. What a ridiculous nonsense concept. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes passions matter and it makes you happy and you're not worried about the money and you're not worried about retiring early. Okay, that makes sense. But if you say, I'm going to follow my passion and your passion pays $8.50 an hour, well, you're not retiring early. I mean, Unless you come from, like, Fingers Malloy money. Oh, that's true. Mother Malloy had a lot of coffee cans in the backyard. That's right. It's raining White Castle at my house as we speak because I'm retiring so early. Sacks on sacks <laughs> instead of stacks on stacks. I see what you did there. You see what I did? Yeah. Because White Castle comes in a sack. Yeah. No, uh, you know why? Uh, what I like to do when it and comes to... a lot to of money is called a stack. 
You know what my passion is? Retiring early. <laughs> that's my that's my passion. So to me, you should figure out a way to make as much money before the age of 30 as possible and stuff it away in an account that that will bring you a what hopefully enough interest, 7 to 10% on so your return. I, I, there are people who are much better versed in this than I. And I, again, I'm serious. Don't don't follow me for financial advice. But people, I think, just a few years ago, would talk about an 8% return on, on, on investments. Right now, things have been so bad, I don't know where they are. I utilize the number 5%. If I had X dollars throwing me out 5%, what can I, can I survive? Where does that put me, et cetera? And I picked the number because... By and large, anybody who's in that financial world will tell you you'll do better. So to me, that's all upside. Yeah. I don't have to consider it. I start with a baseline that's lower, and then I figure it out from there. I just feel like you, you're, when you're young is the time to make a sacrifice uh, working at a job you don't like because you don't want to be doing that in your 50s. So if you can figure out a way to position yourself to follow your passion when you're a little bit older when the financial responsibilities have been taken care of, that's where you follow your passion, not at 20. It's not to say you shouldn't have fun, you know, do you live to work or work to live? And the answer is that could all depend on moment in life, right? And then you can have a flip. Number two on this list is focus exclusively, focus exclusively on doing your job well. The argument is you should not be afraid to expand beyond your current role. Learn about opportunities for advancement and work to improve and build on your skills. So I think people do that naturally. It's like, okay, I'm doing this, and if I do this for X number of years, I'll have the opportunity to build myself into this position and build myself. And that's about building out your plan, whether it's in a specific company or whether it's in a sector. That's extremely important. Build out a plan and don't be afraid to advocate for yourself within that plan. And sometimes that's scary, and sometimes that means leaving altogether and going into something else or going with another place, sometimes that's the right move and sometimes it's the right move to hold. I, th I think it's the right move, but do you really think people are like that? I've just encountered many people at many of the jobs I've had over the years that I just want to stay in my lane. I don't want to learn anything new. I just want to clock in and clock out. This was 10 useless rules you must break if you want to retire early. What those people are telling you is, nope, I'm good. And yes, their 100% is a person like that, multiple people like that. They want to stay in their lane. They don't want any added responsibility. They cover their bills. They've got enough money for the little things, and they're good, and they're fine, and they don't have large-scale dreams or wants or anything else. That's quite all right. That is absolutely okay. I'm not telling these people no. I'm just discussing that this this list was was kind of interesting because, for example, one of the things on the list, never take any risk with your money. The truth is, if you're going to excel, succeed, build, risk is a part of it. Risk matters. My entire career is based on risk. And there's only been a few times uh, where I didn't take a risk in my career that I regret it. Yeah, right. I, you know, where I said, you know, I'm going to hold. Nope. Nope, I am a guy like I, like I don't I don't gamble. I only gamble when I'm sitting next to Fingers Malloy <laughs> playing video poker. You got your first four of a kind. I did by get the my way. first four of a kind. That's absolutely true. You should have seen him. He jumped up in the air 
stood on his chair and yelled yippee and spun around. It was magic. I was so happy for him. Then lost it all. That's true. Then lost it all. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just going to... It's going to move on and pretend it didn't happen. But you're right. You, you aren't going to be able to retire early by stuffing all of your money into a bank savings account. It's just not the way it, it's, it's going to work. Um, the other one, this one is, I think, extremely important. Fake it until you make it. So their argument is instead of pretending you're already successful, get to your goals by saving more cash so you can build a nest egg that says you made it. So this also plays into the idea of pay yourself first. Holy cow, is this important. You get paid the first 10% or whatever the number you want it to be, that goes into your savings and then to your investments accounts, and you know, split it from there. You get paid first, not the rent, not the car payment. And oh, by the way, you're going to drive a Toyota Camry for years and years. Your friends may be getting leases and all sorts, the, the BMW 4 Series, or, or they're getting a Tesla. No, don't do it. What's amazing is that isn't taught to students uh, what the, in high school. That should be one of the first things that's pounded into you before you get your high school diploma is save at least 10% and pay yourself. Home ec, not being a part of a curriculum. If you ask me what matters more, Learning a requirement of three years of Spanish or, or pick a language or home economics where you learn how to balance a checkbook and you understand what a budget is, there is not a conversation or a question or a doubt. It's home ec. A thousand and fifty percent. It has to be about you and, and, and preparing for you. And that means not trying to keep up with, with your friends or the Joneses. The, the expression that works, I wish I had known this earlier, if you, live different than your fr- if you live differently than your friends early on, you'll live differently from your friends later on. <laughs> it's absolutely true, man. It's absolutely true. And yes, by the way, talking about this with your kids, so incredibly important because I don't talk to them about making a living. I talk to them about building wealth. I talk to them about habits. I talk to them about standards and living well below your means. So when the moment comes and you want to do the thing, you just can. If you stay focused, if you don't look at every trend to be like, ooh, I gotta have it, you can go very, very far economically. It's amazing, especially if you start young. Yeah. You start young, it can all work for you. Because following the trends and making that big purchase, you find after you make that big purchase, that item isn't all that important to you. And then what's important is having the next thing in the trend because now you're trying to keep with trends. Isn't isn't worth your time. If you could teach that to your kids young, they've got a good shot. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Pick up a copy today. If you're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day... There are classics that work. You don't have to go into insane Irish whiskeys. You don't have to pretend and spend crazy amounts of money to quote Monty Python. What's wrong with a kiss, boy? What's wrong with some Bailey's Irish cream? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Yes, we are early to St. Patrick's Day, but we wanted you to be prepared with all of the good things. So 
We pulled out the Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan Shamrock. Comes out once a year with that Candela Green wrapper, Barber Pole, along with the Habano and Habano Maduro wrapper. That's what makes it the Shamrock. The regular Filthy Hooligan just has two wrappers. The Shamrock has three. And Fingers Malloy pulled out some freshly made French press coffee here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's an Ethiopian Yurgashev. BlendBarCigar.com. Yurgashev? Ethiopian Yurgashev. Oh. And we pulled out the Bailey's Irish Cream right here, which is a whopping 34 proof fingers away. Wait, no applause? We it's don't an, applaud the an, under? It's an air clap. Oh, do, do we pull? You know what? We're going to applaud it because we have 34 proof coffee creamer. Genius. Genius <laughs> right there. And of course, Bailey's is the traditional, the sweetened dairy-based liqueur, cream, whiskey, and chocolate. People forget that it's got that kind of chocolate note. Now, you might have your own favorite Irish cream, or you might use some other things there. Bailey's is so radically unsung in terms of being a staple, being a standard. I don't know anybody, and this is purely anecdotal, of course, uh, unless somebody is lactose intolerant, whoever had Bailey's and like, well, I really regret that. <laughs> right? There's no regret when it comes to Bailey's. It's just delicious. And for a mixer and cocktails, it's wonderful. I'll, I'll give you a, a curveball yes. with Bailey's. Bailey's and Coke. But you have to mix it right. because Oh, is that what you have to no, do? No, you actually you have to mix it correctly because if you don't do it correctly, it will curdle. But if you pour your Coke into a glass and let it settle and then pour the Baileys in the Coke and just take When you your say let it settle, you mean let it go flat? Just let it sit for five five minutes or move, so. You move some of the bubbles out. Yeah. When you let that happen and you pour the Baileys in and then just take your spoon and bring it from the top, the top to the bottom, back up to the top. Don't stir it. and It tastes like a float and it is wonderful. But it is sweet. I'm putting it uh, to the nose right now, and I'm telling you, it's, it smells like that favorite drunk aunt of yours. It's just... <laughs> oh, Pauline! It's, you're right! <laughs> My Wait, goodness! Did you say Colleen or Pauline? Pauline. Oh, right, Pauline, <laughs> definitely. definitely <that's, laughs> it's just, it's great. It is just wonderful. The color of it, the, the, the texture of it, everything about Bailey's Irish Cream says... Drink me. Now, we should do a little sip, Fingers Malloy. We'll do it neat, and then we'll add it to the freshly brewed Ethiopian Yurkishev here at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com. Fingers Malloy, uh, you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all year. We uh, take it neat, the Bailey's Irish Cream. He didn't even wait. Just a little sip. Just perfect, right? It's wonderful. It is. Hold on, man. It's that dairy, the, ch the chocolate with that little tiny kick oh. to it. It's, it's absolutely There's a little wonderful. nutty kind of thing going on as well. I don't want to pour it into my coffee, but I'll do it for you, Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. The whole thing. Yeah, Look the whole thing. It's a, we did like an ounce pour of it right here. We got that in there. I'm tipping it out. I'm doing everything. Oh, I he's know. got his he's I'm got running his my finger in through it. it and, <laughs> there it is. Mm, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, it's, oh, it's liquid candy. I'm saving my glass because there's still a little bit at the bottom. I'm going to let it rest there and then pour what's left right back in there. Oh, 
So the coffee is freshly brewed, and we did it as a French press. That's where you're letting the, the coffee ground steep like a tea, and then you use a, a French press, and you slowly move the grounds to the bottom, and what you're left with is the coffee. So it's the grounds, it's hot water, you let it steep, and then you use the plunger system to bring that down so you're not drinking grounds. This may have been one of my favorite drinks back when I used to go to the Lions Thanksgiving Day game to start a tailgate off. This with a donut, oh, with magic. a donut, with a ma- yeah. Because Hold on, you need I love that you said that singular. <laughs> ah, donut, <laughs> and by add ah, donut, I mean an apple fritter the size of my head. Fingers, boy, you ready to dig oh, in? He's, yeah, he's going for the drink right there. I can't. I assume this is going to overwhelm the cigar, but we're just having a little bit of fun. It's wonderful, and of course that coffee, the the little bit of the alcohol kick that you get from it uh it's gone <laughs> it's just a nice cream that it's it's comfort drink tony yeah i i, I could use some more i i could use some more baileys <laughs> i really could i think it's a big mug i think i put a little too much i i don't know about you but uh coffee gets added to cream cream doesn't get added to coffee uh you know when, when i'm doing it like this when i'm when i'm often pairing with a cigar, I will do it black because I really want what the coffee has to offer mm-hmm. and then be able to see how, you know, if it grows together, it goes together. We, we're huge believers in this. And so where is the coffee from? What is the terroir of, of that soil, right? What is the, the makeup and the nature of the soil? Terroir, T-E-R-R-I-O-R, I believe I pronou- I'm spelling it properly. And then, or is it O-I-R, terroir. Either way, it's about the flavors the soil brings and then how that connects to where your, uh, your, your cigar is. This is just classic good fun and a great time to just allow yourself to enjoy the things that you don't often enjoy or you've totally forgotten about. And this is one of those things. Bailey's and coffee is something you forget about. And every now and then you'll have it be like, why don't I drink this more often? I may have a time or two, Tony, when it's been a cold October afternoon early afternoon on the golf course i may have had a travel mug of coffee uh with uh one or three shots of baileys in it to start my round the and things i'm wonderful. learning about you right now fingers malloy that's wonderful uh i i am not i will admit a baileys on the rocks guy because it waters down i don't want it i'm, I'm not interested i like it either neat or i like it with the coffee and, and and that's enough. The refrigerator chills enough. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I want the fullness. I don't want it watered down at all. And I know some people, they think, oh, well, I, this is a little too weak for me. I'm telling you, the Irish cream or some of the bourbon creams that are being oh, sure. made right now, I believe Buffalo Trace makes one. It's it's out of this world. It, it is here in, in our beloved Indiana. The people at Hard Truth Distillery, which is down in Brown County, they do a maple bourbon cream that is spectacularly good. And, and you've got one that you like, and, and that's all wonderful. But for this, this uh, St. Patrick's Day, go classic. Go classic. Start your day right or end your day right with a coffee, with Bailey's, and it's perfect for the room, it's perfect for you and, and the spouse, or, 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 or you and the, and, and the girlfriend, or the boyfriend, and just everybody's like, oh, this is, this is enjoyable. This is super pleasant, especially if it's a bit of a chilly day. Yeah, absolutely, positively perfect. Bailey's, you're doing right. You're doing right, and you make us proud, and we thank you. 
a lot to get to. Don't forget, find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com and get the podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. We're on all the platforms. Eat, drink, smoke. Get the podcast. Download it today. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy smoking. The Filthy Hooligan Shamrock from Alec Bradley, that triple barber pole with the Candela, the Habano and the Habano Madura, that green in of the Candela. We do it for St. Patrick's Day. We know we're early, but we want you to be prepared. The Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan Shamrock and drinking Baileys in our coffee. French press Ethiopian Yorkshire with the Baileys Irish cream at the 34 proof fingers, Malloy. <laughs> It still gets applause. It's not over 100, but he just can't help himself. It's too perfect. 34-proof coffee creamer. It's a dream. So the Candela wrapper on this, isn't there a cigar that we smoke? We didn't review. That was just a Candela wrapper by itself. Oh, there are plenty of cigars that utilize the Candela wrapper. The Florida Minicana, I think, is the one that, that we did. But there there's a host uh, of them that... that Utilize th- this wrapper. Um, uh, th- there's a double claro from La Flor Dominicana. Um, there is, uh, I think, uh, Illusion with the 888 is also a Candela wrapper. That was- I swear to you, I picked up an Arturo Fuente 858. I was in Florida. I picked up a box of them. I swear to you, it's a Candela wrapper. I didn't even know they made it. Um, so there, there, there's a bunch. I thought there was one called a wasabi. There is. There is a wasabi, which... I forget. Does Espinosa make the wasabi? I now now I gotta look it up. I just remember having that, and I think that was the. And I, I thought that that was a Candela wrapper. It's, it's Espinosa cigars. See, see, all uh, the, the I could drink all the bellies you. you want, but I could do it right there. Yes, that is that is another one right there, and that and that Candela. Some people will tell you that it actually brings a floral or or a citrus uh, kind to it. I refer to it more as, as, as a sweetness because I've never really picked up a, a strong citrus note mm-hmm. from it. But I guess that if, if you were smoking a, a Candela all the way through, right, you had a Candela Toro, six-inch cigar, then maybe, maybe that is the flavor you would pick up from it. Maybe that's exactly what you would grab from it. it, it interesting. I'm going to go back and try it. Stand On the standard, Candela's not my wrapper. Mm. Candela's really not where my... My flavor profile is, but I really like what the Filthy Hooligan Shamrock is here. The draw on this is perfect. It, there hasn't been much work to keep this thing lit, and it is smoking beautifully. Fingers, you set yours down enough that we're almost caught up as you start the final third, and I'm in the middle of the second third. But it has not really grown in intensity, has no. it? No, it hasn't. And uh, and I actually I think with the Baileys, it's brought out a little bit more of the sweetness. Uh, of this cigar, I think this is actually a pretty good pairing with with the Baileys. Yeah, with the with, with the coffee with and the coffee. Baileys, not yeah. just the Baileys by itself, but the Baileys with it, it, with the coffee. I feel like it's a pretty solid pairing. I agree. I mean, there's a couple of Irish whiskeys. I think I could go with. I mean, you can go super high end and go with the very rare Middleton, which is to me some of the most exquisite stuff you're you're going to to drink. We've reviewed it. Before maybe a couple of the red breast uh, Irish whiskeys, this could work with. But Irish whiskey for me has a very specific note, a specific tone that doesn't actually work for me with cigars at all. In, in the same way, scotch doesn't work for me with a cigar. I can appreciate a good scotch. I want to try and experience what it is that that they build and create 
But I, I always prefer the cigar over the drink. That's just how I'm, I'm built. So I'm with you. Coffee in this cigar is an absolutely perfect pairing because it's not taking away from the cigar. As a matter of fact, it's pulling out more of the coffee notes Yes, uh, th- that are there. That's what this cigar offers. Yes, absolutely. It's time, Fingers Malloy. Oh, wait, I said we're drinking Irish, Bailey's Irish cream? Yes. Yeah, we're drinking Bailey's. Yeah. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Let's change things up a little bit for News of the Week, Tony. Sure. Let's answer a listener question. I love questions. Bill hit us up. Uh, over at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com said, love the show. My question, are humidors organized in any particular order or does it depend on the shop? Organized, in partic- you mean like by height? <laughs> I, I'm guessing I, if he's saying, you know, anywhere from the, the type of wrapper to, uh, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, you don't mean like humidors for sale that you would buy. You mean humidors like when you, like you do a walk-in humidor. Right. Oh, oh, that's totally, that's totally dealer's choice. That's about the shop. Is it about a brand that they're associated with and they want to highlight that first? Are they doing it alphabetically? You, to do it by size would be absolutely impossible. It'd be too much of a mishmash. You would do it by brand. That's how most people uh, do it. Some people might do it by price point, but is there a standard? No, no. I, I would think that most brands would want, if they're, if they're working with, a cigar lounge, they would want all their cigars together. Like, they wouldn't want, okay, well, we're going to put all the Maduros in one area. We're going to put all of the, and then have the brands all mixed up. You think they would want an Arturo Fuente section? A, a cigar brand, a cigar distributor is fighting for, for two things. Certainly everything in one spot, which is the natural way. They're fighting for the shelf space that's eye level. What's the easiest thing to see? What is the light best going to hit? What's the easiest thing for somebody to reach out or kind of down and grab and not have to do any work. Not too high, not too low. They want that at that standardized level. It's like um, cereal. Cereal, like for kids, is always low on the shelf. And if you ever notice, whether you're talking about, like, let's say, the Trix Rabbit or, or, or something else, the eyes are always pointing in a direction, so it's looking at the kid. Mm-hmm. So if the kid's down, the kid's looking up, that's where the eyes are because the rab- the Trix Rabbit is making eye contact, and that's why your kid wants it. That's one of the little subtle marketing gimmicks that the cereal people, the cereal cabal uh, does. Big cereal. Big cereal. <laughs> Big cereal is after your children. Uh, well, speaking of marketing, Tony. Yes. Do you like Sunny D? Sunny D? Yes. Uh, do I have to be honest? Uh, well, when are you not honest on this show? When am I not honest, period? Um, Sunny D is way too not orange juice for me. Ah, okay. Did I, did I say that with a level of a plum? <laughs> well, they're getting into the adult beverage business, Tony. Now I'm listening. They announced a new hard seltzer that they will roll out at stores later this month. Sunny D Vodka Seltzer transforms Sunny Delight's tangy orange flavor into a 95-calorie, zero-sugar, 4.5% alcoholic seltzer. Sunny D Seltzer, Tony, what say you? Um, I would have made the assumption that the people who are adding Sunny D to their vodka aren't interested in the bubbles. They're just interested in forgetting. So I'm not so sure that they need this. But I would argue that Sunny D is about two and a half years too late to the hard seltzer party. 
Sure feels That's that way. the problem here. It's not that it's even a bad idea. You would buy it for the kitsch, and you'd be like, you know what? On a summer day, this is a dream come true. But they're late. Well, uh, on top of that, you have to buy the Sunny D and the vodka separately and mix it. And, Tony, who has the time for all of that? I saw the joke coming, <laughs> and I couldn't stop it no matter what I did. Um, I, 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 I like the idea, but we're, we're all in agreement. They're they're super duper late to the party, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, it'll be a four pack at nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Will be the retail price. Sunny D costs eighty four cents, doesn't it? For the little small bottle, I would think. And then depending on the vodka price. So you're right. They may be late to the party, and they may also be late to the party if they don't uh, set their clocks correctly uh, during daylight savings time this weekend. Oh, is that this weekend? Yes, it's time to spring forward on Sunday, March 12th at 2 a.m. We lose an hour? Daylight savings time begins. And I gotta tell you, Tony, I'm a fan. <laughs> what? I'm a fan. Why? Because we'll have daylight. Until I can golf until 1030 at night. I'm all for this. The but craziest thing about living in Indiana is that we are East Coast time. and That's a big, big story here. The sun in the in June, July, August doesn't set till after 10 p.m. It's insane. It, a, a July, on July 4th, Independence Day, fireworks don't start until 3 a.m. on July 5th <laughs> to ensure the darkness. It's crazy. You're a fan of this. Golfing until 10.30 at night. Yes. With your Sunny D hard seltzer. That's right. It's a party. Well, it's something. Find everything. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Many people have made the decision to reassess what they're doing with their lives post-COVID, whether it's leaving a career that they felt like that they were boxed in or just deciding to follow their dreams. Well, this is happening a lot with teachers, and many districts in Texas have decided to make a change to their schedule. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. Find everything that we do over at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Now, this is a story from The Hill, Tony. Almost 60 school districts across Texas have now switched to a four-day school week, often in a bid to prevent teacher turnover. So they're trying to figure out a way to lure good teachers to their district and keep them. But it may cost students in the long run. Well, this is, for a lot of people, the story of this is why we homeschool. Yeah. The argument about the four-day work week for the private sector is actually an incredibly strong one. The data that started starting to come out about a four-day work week is that you have people who take off half a day because they need to they have an appointment they have to get to. They have a doctor's appointment. They gotta run some errands. So they sneak an hour here, they sneak an hour there, and then there's the conversation of how many meetings businesses have as opposed to getting work done. And so what they find is that if you have a four-day work week, people are as productive as if they have a five-day work week, sometimes more so because they know they're going to have that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or that Wednesday that they need off for the doctor's appointment, and they don't have to stress about it. They don't have to call in or do anything else. They can schedule things to their life, and it works for them, and it makes them more productive. Education's a very different conversation because there's no question that part of what works in education, what allows kids to learn, is the repetition of the skill set. Right. And a four-day week 
for a lot of people is going to make them say exactly how much further behind, whether it be China or whether it be Europe or name the place, do we really want to be when we already have serious issues in education? You have got whole school districts, multiple school districts in places like Chicago and other places where the kids at grade reading level is zero. Yeah. None of the kids, let's say it's eighth grade kids, none of them are reading at what we consider to be the eighth grade level. Now you want to say four day a week? More and more people talking about homeschooling. That's what that tells me. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a good point about the private sector. You see this a lot in manufacturing, where it actually may increase productivity going to a four-day week and also reduce costs. If you could shut down your factory for a day uh, and, and not have production going on, but yet get the same amount of production in four days, that's great. When it comes to education, this stems back to, uh, in 2015, Texas lawmakers passed a bill that changed how classroom instruction was timed used to be 180 days. That was typical. But instead, they went to a minimum of 75,600 minutes. So instead of day, days and requirements, they went to minutes. And they still haven't, uh, in this particular piece, I'm not seeing a breakdown of how school districts are doing it. And maybe it's because we're talking about 60 different districts. They may have their own way of, of going to this new schedule. But... You can definitely see why that would be attractive to, to teachers. Uh, but again, hold it's on a gonna, second. How many minutes is it? I have the calculator in front of me. 75,600 minutes. 75,600 minutes is 52 and a half days. 180 days to 52 and a half days? Well, is that 24 hours a day? I mean, they're only going to be doing so many All right. so, hours in a day. You win, right? I'm, 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 I'm figuring the mathematics wrong. I was like, that's, that's absolutely positively nuts. And then you spread that out. Um, I don't know if that's a manipulation of the system. I'd have to ask some people about that. And what does that equate to? To days? Don't make me do the math now. I have to take off my shoes. I'm going to need an <laughs> abacus. You know, I'll have to pull out my rocket uh, surgery degree. And I don't, I don't want to have to embarrass anybody, including myself. But you can't treat education like you treat other things. It's not how it works. And if you want to talk about parental uproar, hey, you're paying more and more in property taxes and other things, and now your kids are going to get, wait for it, less. Yeah. But the teacher is going to get paid the same. And it's, it's bad because now I sound like I'm on some kind of anti-teacher screed. I'm not. I'm 100% I'm pro-teacher. I am not pro-this. This is a bad scene. I'll tell you what else is bad. In my humble opinion, and I think you and I are in agreement when it comes to this. You have a humble opinion? A humble opinion, Tony. If you win $2 billion in the Powerball. $2 billion? $2 billion with a B. With a B. You're going to figure out a way for as few people as possible to know you won $2 billion, correct? If I win $2 billion in the Powerball, you will never, ever see me again. Ever. You, a dear friend, uh -huh. will never see me again. So the recent winner of a $2 billion Powerball prize, uh, this was all over the news. I got this from TMZ. Uh, he's picked up a huge mansion in Hollywood for $25.5 million. Edwin Castro, the lucky winner in November's jackpot prize, uh, he bought this 13,500 square foot home in the hills of L.A. 
a month after claiming his one-time payment of $998 million. Now, I know there are ways. Some states force lottery winners to their names to be announced, but I believe there are certain ways you can get around it by filing an LLC or, or, you know, having somebody else claim the prize for you, a lawyer, and you try to stay anonymous. Man, I don't know if I want everyone in the world to know that I collected a billion dollars cash. And, oh, by the way, I'm moving to uh, Hollywood in my new $25 million mansion. Uh, you ever you ever see uh, the movie uh, Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor? It's been a tick. Back in, in 1985. Uh, what if this is exactly that? He's actually Monty Brewster, and if he spends the money in a certain amount of time, he gets $4 billion. <laughs> He picked to stay in because he wanted in California. Yes, he picked to stay in California. Picked to stay in California, and it looks like he's going to be living around uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Ariana Grande. Oh, I'd move right away. That is that. I look. I don't think I mind Ariana Grande as, as a neighbor just for the parties, um, and also I hear she makes a fantastic spinach dip that she gives to all the neighbors. Mm. And who doesn't love a good spinach dip? Uh, that's. That's weird, man. To me, the question is, you, you, I mean, A, I would like this problem. Let me, let me start out by saying that. You have to find a place to live where you fit in with everyone else and you have some, some level of security because especially if you announce to the world that you're the one who just cashed a billion-dollar lottery ticket. So you have to live in an area like that, but... I just, why would you let everyone know that you, that's where you moved? I, I Look, people are interesting. Maybe because it was a state where he had to announce who he was. It's like, all right, everybody already knows, so what does it matter? Maybe he wants to turn himself now into some kind of celebrity. Who knows what people do? Oh. But I'm with you. I'd be, I'd be gone. Do you think this turns into a reality TV show? It, doesn't it already sound like a reality TV show? It's, it sounds like it's screaming reality TV show. Three-story hillside pad has an infinity pool, a full outdoor kitchen, gym, wine cellar, movie theater, and sauna, and a big screen TV. And Jimmy Kimmel mows your lawn. <laughs> for that kind of loot. Scratch, the kids it, call it. Is that what they call <laughs> yeah. it? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. The Filthy Hooligan Shamrock from Alec Bradley. It's a fine, easy smoke, people. Really and, and truly is that Candela, that Habano and Habano Maduro wrapper, and Bailey's Irish Cream. This is how you do your St. Patrick's Day. So now you're prepared. And, of course, every list is there at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com so you can have all the drinks ready for your big celebration. And, of course, your green beer. Because Fingers Malloy says... Green beer brings you closer to God. Uh, yeah, I, I say that all the time. All the time. He says that. He's got a t-shirt on that says it right now. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media. On Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. And Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.